Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Today we've got a super duper duper tragedy. It's the Beatles breakup. I mean, I I was telling a friend recently that I was going to be talking about the breakup and she said, oh, you know, my mom said that the day we found out that the Beatles broke up, it was like someone had died. She was like, I was in London. I remember exactly where I was. I mean, this was a tragedy that really affected everyone in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the Beatles, those are. And this is Beatleland, formerly known as Britain. The Beatles were an English rock band that formed in the early 1960s and took the world by storm in what is known as Beatlemania. They were the best-selling band in history and are considered to be one of the most influential bands ever. Unless you were born yesterday, you've probably heard their music. John Lennon, Paul McCartney... 
George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, the original Fab Four, played together until April 10th, 1970, when they shattered the hearts of humanity and announced to the world that the band had broken up. How long do you think Beatlemania will last? As long as you all keep coming. (laughs) Here are your fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. After the announcement of their breakup, all four members never collaborated again. On December 8, 1980, John Lennon was shot and murdered while returning to his home at the Dakota Building in New York City with his wife, Yoko Ono. This was not directly related to the band's breakup. George Harrison became the second Beatle to die. He passed away of lung cancer on November 2001, also unrelated to the band's breakup. The term the day the music died was shockingly not a reference to the day the Beatles broke up. As far as we know, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are still alive and rocking out. Today, I have a very special guest. He is, his name is Chris Smith, um, and he's also my husband. Oh my God. So if you hear the sparks flying <laughs> in your while you're listening, they're real. They're real sparks. <laughs> Hi, honey. You know, I just thought you'd be a really great guest. Uh, and I was reminded that you'd be a great guest the other day when I just caught a glimpse of the bat you like to keep next to uh, your your side of the bed. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Because this show is about people who have neuroses and who, um, who are alarmists. Yes. Right? People like you. Well, yeah. I mean, Can I, you talk more a little bit about the bat, please? Sure. Um, so <laughs> we have uh, we have a standard security system too. Like we have a ring doorbell, and we also don't have... say too much. Why not? I don't know. What if? Uh, what, you, you... I think it's a deterrent. If anything, oh, like okay. people wouldn't want to break into our house because we have a ring, right? I guess. Whatever. We have a ring doorbell, and we also have a little camera on the side. And we have locks that work. And, you know, before we go to bed, I lock the doors. And, you know, I we, we don't live on a, on a on a scary block that – but um, I <laughs> – No I just, one advertises themselves as a murderer. Yeah, but you just never know. Right. And so – Which um, I appreciate. You know, when you do play out those scenarios of somebody, God forbid, breaking into the house – you don't want to be at a disadvantage. You want a slight advantage. And so that's where the blunt object comes in. And a baseball bat is a blunt object. It's also probably, if someone were to come into the house, me swinging that baseball bat would probably be the closest I would be to being a professional baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. So it's a duo duo, uh, combo uh, success. Yeah, there's some kind of metaphor in there about me never uh, achieving my true dream of being the second baseman for the New York Mets. Okay, that's that's great. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's pr- protection because my number one job in life is to protect you, my wife. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Really sweet. I also think you're perfect for this particular episode because you were in a band in college. That's true. Why don't you tell us more uh, about this band? You know, when I first started dating Chris, uh, actually, the second time I saw you as officially your girlfriend, mm-hmm. 
I went to one of your concerts. That's right. Dare I say it was your one and only concert? No, we had done a couple concerts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the only concerts that we did. Yes, but it was a concert. So the band was called The Alphabet because mm-hmm. we, when we formed the band, we lived in Alphabet City in yeah. Manhattan. We lived on Avenue C and Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was me, my friend Lance Edmonds, and my friend Jody Lee Lipes. Wow, shout out. Shout out to the boys. And then <laughs> later we added uh, Jack Dolgen on bass. Mm. Um, and uh, we have one uh, EP. It has, I think, four songs on it. Um, but we had a repertoire of about maybe 10 songs or so. Um, I wrote with Lance, but Ran- Lance wrote most of them. But um, it was a great experience. I, we're, I'm still hoping the band gets back together. Did you guys um, have any big fights as band, band members? Good question. I remember one time we fought about money. It wasn't really a fight, but I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what happened was, um, so we would have to, the only, we didn't have a lot of overhead, but we had to pay for the rental space to practice, which is like 10 bucks an hour. And we had done like one show where we had made like a few dollars and so we, I, I suggested to the guys that we take this $100 that we had made from our show <laughs> and we put it in a jar. And so that next time when we had to buy rehearsal space, um, we could you just use that money. But Jody looked at me and he said, I have an idea. Why don't you take your $33 and put it in a jar? <laughs> and when we ask you to pay for the rehearsal space, just take the money out of that jar. <laughs> So he was, which was like, okay, fair enough. It's like, take care of your own finances. But, but that we didn't really fight. I mean, Um, dare I say you were the Paul McCartney of the group then? Good question. You'll, you'll you'll figure, I mean, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, I guess I was a, uh, Lance and I did most of the songwriting. Um, but I just mean that 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 particular like wanting to save the money to put it towards re- rehearsal space. I was pragmatic. Feels very Paul McCartney Do you, to me. It was Paul pragmatic. I think this is a perfect segue into who's to blame. Oh, okay. Now this was a really interesting uh, episode to research mm-hmm. because the first thing people think of is Yoko, right? Sure, of course, uh, and obviously. I mean, she is if if not. That is what Yoko is known for, is for breaking up the Beatles. Right. So we can probably end the podcast right now. <laughs> Are you contractually obligated to go any further? Uh, yes. yes okay. She is. The episodes must be at least 30 minutes. Copy that. Okay. So maybe Yoko is not to blame. <laughs> um, I'm actually pretty sure we're going to end this episode uh, not placing the blame on wow. Yoko. And I, look, that's a prediction. And I don't okay. want to get ahead of myself okay. because we have a, a tried and true process okay. in, uh, on this podcast. So as we all know, Yoko Ono was a Japanese-American conceptual artist. And, and sh- <laughs> <laughs> this is what Wikipedia says. And... Uh, Conceptual art. <laughs> she also like de- delved into music, okay, which was a problem for the Beatles. Oh, so she and Lennon actually met while he was still married with his first wife, uh-huh. Cynthia. Okay. Now, of course, this made me just kind of go into a, a, a rabbit hole of who is the Cynthia. Why is no one talking about Cynthia? Sure. We should know more about Cynthia. A little backstory: Lennon's married to Cynthia, who he met in college. Mm-hmm. And they had a bit of a, a tumultuous relationship. Anyway, he, in 1968, right, 
goes to like find himself in India and he's going on this like transcendental meditation, you know. Oh, really? Thing. Have you have you heard of this? I think I remember them playing the sitar at some point. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> did he go with George? Uh, yes, yes, yes. George. I think all four of them went. They all four went. Yeah, okay. and I, I think that's where George really got into the sitar. But Lenin comes back and okay. he's like kind of depressed. Like it didn't work for him. Nope, I- <laughs> it just didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> the clothing, the meditation, it didn't stick. No. Okay. It, I, there was a yogi. I forget his name, but okay. a yogi was involved and he was not happy with the yogi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But while this is happening, I guess he had met Yoko a f- just a few years before and they were doing secret telegraphs or uh, it was later than telegraphs. The phone had been invented. <laughs> <laughs> Letters? They were sharing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was letters. They talked every day or something, or she sent him something every day. <laughs> so they were in communication. They she yes. was sending messages into India where John was. Yes. Okay. John uh, was still married. To he Cynthia. was still married. Yeah. So when he comes back, you know, the whole marriage crumbles. He starts to do drugs. Uh, again, like well, a lot he, of them. Yeah, he did. Been... He yeah. He's been doing drugs this whole time. Okay. But, um, I'm sorry. I don't want to give the wrong impression. John Lennon did, did drugs, drugs before 1968. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay. Good. Okay. So, we just saved ourselves from getting a lot of emails. I mean, people would have been pissed about that. <laughs> oh, okay. So he he gets together with Yoko and he's like pieces out Cynthia, and they're around this time. They're also doing the White Album. Okay. And apparently she was coming around a lot. I guess she. She turned out to be like a bit of a, a fifth wheel per se. Mm. And I mean. So she was around during the making of the White Album? Oh, yeah. And I, I was just looking this up, but she is, she actually does vocals on some of the oh, really? uh, tracks. I had no idea. Neither did Do you I. Know which ones? The Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill. Hey, Bungalow Bill. <laughs> What did you kill? You're going to regret that when you hear this. Bill. <laughs> hey, Bungalow Bill. Um, and then there was another one, uh, Revolution. Sure. Revolution uh, 9, in, not Revolution oh, 1. number 9? So I that guess. was like a, yeah, that was sort of like an experimental cacophony of sort of like sounds and and repeated phrases and stuff like that. So 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 she was involved. I mean, she was there. She was there. I don't know how involved. I mean, right. accounts say that she had a lot of opinions. Okay. Okay. So, but John had dumped Cynthia. Yeah. He, he had, at, at this point, he had dumped Cynthia. Okay. Uh, and, and he had a kid too. And Yoko was around for the, for the White album. This is 1968. So they break up in the, in 1970. This is when stuff is starting to get real for the group. People wanted to have their solo careers. Mm-hmm. Before we get ahead of ourselves, okay. let's, Put Yoko on there, okay. <laughs> because although I I I am quick, I want to defend her. I mean, she perhaps she shouldn't have gotten involved in in some of the uh, album making. Okay, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, were any of the other women in the lives of our Beatles involved in other albums? And no, they that, weren't going to the recording sessions. They weren't going to the recording. So she inserted herself a little bit. And so maybe then people are just saying because she's around that, I don't know. I don't quite buy that. No, me neither. Yeah. And it's just like, I just want to cross it out right now 
This is very like Well, what are the I mean, did you find did you find anything else in your research that suggested that Yoko Ono got in the way in between these guys? I mean, other than having an affair, right? Being the other woman. Being the other woman. I, the only thing I found was that she would show up to these recordings and it um, just kind of ticked the other guys off? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't really feel like much. Like, if I'm building a case, I'm not going to, like, start with Yoko. But this was the 70s, so people were very quick to, like, judge the other woman or blame it on a woman, Sure, gender roles were so different back then. (laughs) They were. You kid, but I can look it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, Yes. they were. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so maybe Yoko, Yoko, but, like, who knows? Of course, we weren't there, and right. and this was before like VH1 behind the music. So it's all speculation because nobody really knows what you're saying. I mean, look, I'm sure there are multiple books written about Yoko Ono, none and- of which you've read. <laughs> no, okay, but you just have an instinct that she has nothing to do with this. Yeah, and you want to move on to the yeah, next. Yeah, because uh, because okay, I'm here- fine with that. This is your rodeo. Well. I'm just one of I just the think bulls. we're very quick to jump on Yoko. Okay. And the more I read about John, okay. the more I okay. was That's where your suspicion was. Okay. So, I don't know if you know this, but apparently this might rock your world, but John was a woman beater. <gasps> I did know that, but I you gave did. you the gasp. <laughs> Because I knew you wanted a gas. Well, before we started recording, Rebecca did instruct Chris to have big reactions. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're you're a casting director out there and you thought that gas was real, check me out online. Okay. I'm at Smith Chris on Twitter. Um, No, I did know that. You did know this. I knew that he beat Cynthia. Yes. His first wife yes. and i'm pretty sure he beat yoko as well yes so um yeah yeah I mean, so maybe he should be canceled oh well at these days he would not get away with being in a band yeah and how come john lennon hasn't been canceled yet i mean you can't get away with that that's totally totally wrong yeah it, it, it was a bummer when i found out it kind of hurt my feelings that he would do that to oh, us yeah i know <laughs> i you know i went down a whole rabbit hole of uh wikipedia with cynthia but I think at one point I read that he was a, a cleaning woman at the college caught him hitting her. And the cleaning woman was like, yo, Cynthia, you shouldn't be with that guy. But at, at what know, college? They went to college together. Oh, so he hit her even when they were just students in college? Yeah, they were young. They were like 21 or wow. yeah, very, very young. He always said that it was because of drugs and alcohol that he hit people. Well, <laughs> he was just violent. He was a violent person. Sure. Um, apparently, he hit a lot of other people. Like, it, it wasn't just women. He would get in fights, you know. Oh, I see. Okay. So he was just a generally violent guy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a far cry from the peace protest of him, like him and Yoko, like laying in bed for peace. Like, yeah. you know, come on. So, Don't be such a hypocrite, John <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> I mean, I, I am itching to put John Lennon up on that board. So lay out to me what what why you think that okay, it's horrible that he he was abusive. Yeah. Even double horrible that he's abusive towards women and women in his life. But does that mean he's responsible for breaking up his band? I mean, maybe the the maybe the other band members just got fed up. Hmm. You know, that kind of personality trait 
Sure. Comes so through in other ways. Gotcha. Okay. So that makes sense. So maybe it's John's sort of volatility. And so... Uh, so we could probably put John's... Yeah, yeah. That feels that, really good. That sort of, like, eventually just war on our, our other three guys. I think we should put John's volatility or up John. there. John. I mean, John's just John. Right? No, no. I like volatility. Gotcha. So <laughs> it's just a, one personality trait of his that is the reason why the band Right. It up. wasn't John's songwriting. Right. A big part of this, I should say, is um, Brian Epstein, okay. who was their manager. Have you heard about this manager? I have heard of him, but why don't you remind me? So they had the death of their manager in um, in 1966. Ooh, wow. Yeah, pivotal time for the Beatles. Sure. So Epstein actually signed the Beatles in 1961, which was a major score, clearly. Mm-hmm. And he was sometimes even known as the fifth Beatle. So they were very, very close. Okay. Uh, his role as a manager was pretty much handling the group's finances and, of course, settling disputes among them. So mm. he was a big player in keeping the peace amongst gotcha. the four. Um, but then when Brian died in 1966 of a drug overdose Mm. john was apparently the closest to him and he was the most affected by his death turned to john's volatility right Mm. so my gut feeling is to put brian dying the death of brian the death of brian as something to blame because if john's volatility has anything to do... Sure. Well, maybe those two things sort of interplay with each other, right? John reacted to the death of Brian. Like, maybe John's volatility, as long as Brian was around, was manageable. But when Brian wasn't around, the other guys couldn't handle it. And maybe that's the reason why they broke up. Perhaps. I mean, we know how group dynamics work. We really do. We're in a sketch comedy group, and there's a lot of volatility. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but when one person is missing, all of a sudden that role, yeah, whatever role they have, that's right. You know, people are all out of whack. Yes, you know? that's right. Uh, if Farron's not around for us to make fun of, we have to make fun of Adam who? instead. Adam, yeah, it's it not as good. Feel it's right. not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so Brian dies, okay, and then this kind of has a. a trickle effect one might say okay um because from what i read again wikipedia was my friend uh paul mccartney um sensed that this was a a a difficult time for the group and so he kind of took initiative to get projects for the group oh so there was a bit of a power vacuum when brian died and paul tried to fill it yeah i i think or, or or maybe just paul had to step to the plate. Sure. Um, maybe he just looked around and was like, Ringo's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> John's hitting people. Like, he can't be the face, right? And Harrison is with his sitar. Like, he's just too involved with his sitar. So <laughs> someone had to do it, and Paul kind of Step. took stepped up. Okay, But then the other guys, they start, you know becoming upset about Paul kind of trying to dominate the group's ventures. Interesting. You know, I I feel like Paul... What kind of things did he want to get them involved with? Um, Like the start of Vineyard or... No, I think it was all music related. 
<laughs> so he wasn't like his ideas weren't so out of left field. Well, <laughs> um, I know that they had. Okay, so from what I read, they had a, a Apple Corpse. Have you heard of this Apple Corpse? Apple Corp. They had a foundation, right? Which Epstein was kind of ran. Apple Corp. Apple Core, yeah. Is that how you say Apple Corpse? Yeah. I well, it's so. confusing. Oh, that's pretty cute. Like, if you think about it. Apple Core, right? Oh, yeah, Apple Core. <laughs> what did they do? It was a tax shelter endeavor. Yeah. I, I so don't know what that they basically is. Opened up a bit, yeah, it was basically a, uh, their music was all, all became owned by a corporation. Got it. So that, I guess, for tax reasons. And probably for the rights, so they could obtain the rights Yeah, yes, or something like that. I actually heard, yeah, because this is true, because then I think later Michael Jackson bought it. Oh. I'm pretty sure. And then it's also like there, somebody told me once that Apple Corps, which owns all the Beatles music, uh-huh. um, it, it would only field one offer, and it was... For all access to all the music, and the and the price was one billion dollars. <laughs> Somebody told me that once. I think it's true because the person who told me had a trustworthy face. <laughs> we'll just put that down as a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Apple Corps was. I guess they set up this company. This was in the '60s after Epstein died. Uh, no, Epstein did it before. Okay, so so Epstein he ran it, and then all of a sudden, gotcha. No one knew what to do, and maybe McCartney was like, uh, "Someone's got to do it." Gotcha. Like that movie, something's got to give, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so all right, so he wanted to do something with that company, or what did Paul want to do? I think he just wanted it not to fall to the ground. Gotcha. So Paul stepped in to run Apple Corps. Exactly. Oh. I mean, we could put him down as a hero, but we could also put him down as a person to blame. Person to blame because... Maybe it, he just didn't do it the right way. It's like when Brian died, maybe he they should have found another manager instead of him trying to both be a manager and be in the band. Yeah, I think that they did try to find a manager, but they couldn't agree on one. Gotcha. They had different opinions of who should be the manager, manager. and they all brought like different lawyers. And And so Paul stepped up and tried to do too much. So maybe we should put on the board Paul not staying in his lane. Oh, that's good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Good. Wow. Wow. This is shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in your lane, McCartney. I mean, there's also the conflict of interest because this is um, 68. Okay. This is before they do the white album. So that's 67, let's say. And Paul is kind of thinking he might want to do a solo career. Oh, He's he's getting that itch. Didn't he start Wings? Or he started Wings, I think, after the Beatles uh, broke up. Yeah. Yeah, like right after. Right after. That was with so. his wife. Oh. So maybe he got the idea, Linda, his wife Linda. Yeah, when did they get married? They, maybe they Linda were married is for a to lo- blame. <gasps> oh my God, I hadn't even thought of this. When did Paul McCartney marry Linda McCartney? McCartney. Er- early, early, early on in the, in his career, I no, think. No, it wasn't that early. No? He, he had a lot of girlfriends. Ooh. Yeah, he was quite the ladies' man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got married in 1969. Oh. Oh. Uh, <gasps> Linda. So Linda was pretty, a- pretty close to the crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about Linda, but my gut is saying we should also put her up on the board. It feels fair. It should be number one Yoko, number one A, Linda. One A. Yeah, let's put her as one A. Maybe we'll change Yoko to just relate having a relationship while you're in a band could be the reason. So that we're not pointing to one specific woman? Yeah. And Yoko. also we're assuming that um, all bands are male, you know? 
So we're definitely like I think that your your prediction at the beginning of the podcast that we won't blame Yoko has come to fruition because <laughs> there's no way we can now just blame Yoko because we've adjusted the category to be both Yoko and Linda or relationships in general. Yeah, uh, just for everyone out there to understand, so far what we've got up on the board is number one, Yoko slash Linda slash relationships. <laughs> uh, number two, John's volatility. Uh, number three, the death of Brian, the, their manager. And number four, Paul not staying in his lane. <laughs> So these are the four reasons, <laughs> okay. and I'm sure there will be more as the as we continue this conversation. All right, how? You know, okay, what are other the theor- What are the other theories? There's George George Harrison's songwriting. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, what, I went there. What? I went there. What about it? George Harrison starts writing music after the band is established. Okay. And John and Paul. They don't really encourage him. Really? From what I read and just my feeling yeah. from the words I read. Right. <laughs> they didn't come off as very encouraging. So they were unsupportive of George writing his own music? Not that they were unsupportive of him writing it. They were unsupportive of putting it in their albums. In their albums. You know? I, I I think maybe like a... They weren't yes ending. No. They would not have good been good improvisers. Wow. They weren't like just super supportive. Gotcha. And I, I, I tried to do this, play this game while I was in the car yesterday where I listened to the White Album and I asked myself, do I like this song? Mm-hmm. Every song I asked myself, do I like the song? And if I, you know, I never said yes to a song that Harrison wrote. I know this is. I really think he shocking. wrote "While My Guitar Gently Sleeps" on that album. No, that okay. was in Abbey Road oh. because this is what I then listened to Abbey Road, and there were two songs that stuck out to me. So I think his songwriting got better. Oh no, you're right, you're right. "Guitar Gently Sleeps" that was on the White album. Oh okay. Um, in the Abbey Road album, he has something, and here comes the sun, a classic. A classic. You classic. love that song. I do love that song. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that perhaps something that tore the Beatles apart from within was the fact that John and Paul kind of clicked up against George and and iced him out of the creative process. Yeah. Or didn't encourage him. Even though later, he some of his songs did make it onto the album. Yes. So he, do you think like John and Paul became jealous because a couple of the songs were kind of good and maybe they, they were hits and like I'm sure Here Comes the Sun was a hit and Something was is a great song. Well, but th- at that point they were already on their way out so that didn't matter. But I think what... More than jealousy, I think it was more them trying to keep Harrison down. Mm. Now, you might know more about their personalities, right? As Beatles, somewhat. Yeah. Was he was he a bit of a curmudgeon? George? Yeah. I don't know. Did I make that up in my? I, I, I might have made that up in my head. I know Ringo was the fun one. <laughs> 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 Ringo was definitely the fun one. I think, yeah, I, I think Paul had a good attitude. I, I don't know. John was intense, yeah. I think. And I'm not sure George was a curmudgeon, but I know he was, I mean, he got really into sort of like religion later in life and sort of like Zen, um, Hare Krishna stuff. Mm. According to Quora, um, 
George liked his privacy. Oh. oh. So he, he... He wanted out of the limelight, maybe. Or maybe he was just like not very good at communicating. Mm. We know that, you know, maybe he shut down. Maybe he shut down. And that can be detrimental. Don't shut down, Paul. Communicate your feelings. Uh, no, not George, Paul. George. George communicate yeah. your feelings. Yeah, this if is you interesting. Ca- you said that. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm hearing here. Um, uh, here English, she's hearing. <laughs> I'm hearing that an English professor from South Korea uh, on this message board says that George was sometimes uncommunicative <gasps> to the point of rudeness in interviews. Oh, wow. wow. So my Thank instincts you, are correct. Professor. Yeah, your instincts are correct. He was maybe a bit too reclusive. And so maybe it's George's reclusiveness that later bit the Beatles. Or. Or. <laughs> what You said bit, which reminded me of another word, bitterness. <laughs> Are you guys hearing the sparks flying? <laughs> Rebecca did warn you. We re- we not only finish each other's sentences, sometimes we finish each other's words. <laughs> I think that, sure, George's bitterness. I mean, put yourself in his shoes. He's part he of He has this- something to say. Yes, and he has an outlet, and they're not letting him. They're like, go back to your hole, George. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not nice, McCartney. But it's also George needing to find his voice. And so when he can't express his voice, that's how people become bitter. When they step on their, get in their own way. Yeah. And, but also when other people stop them. When other people stop them. So I think that definitely could, George's bitterness could be to blame. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, I mean, it's definitely worth putting it up on the board. Okay. Um, because, we should at least consider it. Amanda solemnly took off her headphones and is <laughs> writing number five. She didn't want to add George. <laughs> I just can't wait to hear what you guys say about Ringo. <laughs> oh, that, that brings me to my next point, that Ringo is uh, just a victim. I don't think he had it. <laughs> Clearly, you know which one was my favorite Beatle, right? I think it's clear to all of us. What yes. is it? Ringo. McCartney. Oh. No, kidding. It's Ringo. (laughs) (laughs) So you think Ringo is Uh, a victim? Yes, Ringo is the best. He had such a good attitude. And not just that, but Ringo wasn't even part of the original Beatles. That I knew. It was a guy named Pete Best. Pete Best, who who got the boot. Who had the... He. I think he left voluntarily. No, I I heard that the manager... Oh. Had to give him the boot. Oh, that's a tough. That's a tough. Because life. he couldn't play the drums as good as as uh, as they wanted him yeah. to in the first yep. album. Oh, geez. So, I mean, just practice put yourself makes in perfect Ringo's. kids. Practice <laughs> makes perfect. I mean, you should really practice your instrument, kids at home. <laughs> if if only that you won't get kicked out of a band that becomes a a, yeah. ma- a mania a literal worldwide craze i mean this is one of my biggest fears to be pete best to be pete best god god it's gotta be tough the, pete how worst. do you pete worst oh the worst well you hear about like recastings in hollywood and stuff oh. like how the woman who was originally cast as daenerys in game of thrones <gasps> was recast no yeah, and you're like oh what must that be like yeah oh my goodness i i don't know if pete best is still alive but we should have him on this podcast <laughs> if he's around i mean that yeah that is a tough blow see we don't even know if he's still alive but i'll tell you what it makes you realize that 
why Ringo is such a has such a great attitude about this. Oh whole my thing. god, he, because he's just a PDD. He's playing with house money. He's like, I wasn't even supposed to be in this band. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here right now. <laughs> I'm just having. I'm just going to ride this thing out as I long mean, as it goes. To be Ringo Starr, oh. it's not even his real name, Richard. Richard Starkey's his name. You're kidding. I'm not. You're kidding. Richard Starkey. And he's on the albums as Richard Starkey, so I don't understand (laughs) how this. I mean, I get it. Ringo Starr is way better, and uh, I think it goes with his personality more. Mm -hmm, Totally. But I think it's like you gotta live your life like Ringo Starr. Like you've gotta live like. Put that on a bumper stinker. 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 <laughs> Somebody out there figure out how to put live your life like Ring, like Ringo Starr on a bumper stinker. <laughs> I know how it could be. I know you could do a we, scratch and sniff. We don't care how you do it. Scratch and sniff. Oh, there you go. That's good. <laughs> I just gave you a million dollar idea. That's at least a fifty dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I feel good about George being up there. I feel great about Ringo not being up there. Okay, so he's a he's just a victim. And this is another, uh, maybe an obvious one, but drugs. 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 Dare. Drugs. You know, dare not to do drugs That's or right. something. So drugs, because if they didn't do drugs, they could think clearly they could communicate effectively. Absolutely. And they could stay together forever. Yeah. Makes you wonder, though, if they didn't have drugs, could they have made the kind of music well, that they made? It, it's like chicken or egg situation, you know? Right. But if... Is that like... It, is that like... Is it what order, came first? When you're, when you're ordering egg. brunch, like, do you get like a chicken sandwich or just if you get something with eggs? Honey, or, come I'm just on. just kidding. <laughs> I know the rhetorical question. I, you've I heard, you've heard. So I would have loved to challenge the Beatles to write a song without drugs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, why do you laugh? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, look, part of their success was like the era they were a part of and them sort of defining that era with music. And part of that era was experimental drugs and rebellion uh, you know, that's what the 60s were. Okay. It was a reaction against the 50s. The, the No, I get it. I get it. But um, here's what I don't like about the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I read some accounts where John Lennon and apparently a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So it was John Lennon and his dentist okay. are at a dinner party. Okay. It's 1965. So pre-shit's going down. Gotcha. You know? They're still having fun. And uh, the Lennons are there. Harrison is there. I don't know if McCartney was there. And I'm not sure Ringo Starr was there. Okay. But Lennon and the dentist Mm -hmm. spiked the food or something uh, with LSD. Oh. And didn't tell the people. Wow. Didn't tell his wife. Ooh. So that no, that was a fake ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's like I'm sorry, but that's terrible. That is that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I'm also reading that um John and Yoko were both doing heroin. 
Oh, that was post. That was post Beatles. Post Beatles. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That was post Beatles. I mean, who knows? They they might have been doing it at towards the end. But uh, I don't know. That to me is a sign of someone you can't trust. Sure. Sure. I mean, but I would I would I wouldn't say that's the drugs so much. I would say that's John's volatility. But it's his love of drugs. Yeah, the drugs were sort of the kerosene to the volatility fire. It's like he the drugs weren't the root cause, I don't think. I think because sure. John maybe like he has he had a history of violence and volatility and uh emotional distress well and so the drugs maybe exacerbated it but it wasn't because of the drugs yeah any therapist would have a field day with john lennon but i guess we could throw drugs up there but i'm oddly really reluctant to blame the drugs for the beatles breakup really i well but that's just i don't know how much of a vote i get here of course you have you have 50 50 oh okay great yeah yeah but but i know you have 49 51 Oh, I have 49. Okay. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're sole owner. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. The last one I was thinking about was uh, ambition. Was ambition to blame. <laughs> Too much ambition. You know, because what if they were just okay just being like, you know, we don't have to be so intense. We don't have to be so intense about getting this song right. And maybe, you know, let's let George like write three songs in the album. Yeah. Let's have you know? a let's just have a small cult following, like a like a couple <laughs> couple thousand. Why does it have to be a million people who like us? Why can't it just like a couple thousand like us? What is this desire to always have to be better? Number one. Number one. Gotta be number one. Go. Go get them. Go get them out there. <laughs> Write the better song. Is this bridge good enough? It is. It, I, it is I, exhausting. I mean, Maybe that just it, it tore it wore them down. So we have a lot of things to blame here. I was going to throw in the Vietnam War. Okay, uh, <laughs> it was a tumultuous time. It was the times. Uh, maybe we won't put we won't blame the Vietnam. I War. think we it's have little... enough meat on this bone. Yeah, like between Yoko, Linda, and having a okay. relationship. Uh, again, I'm going to just repeat these for uh, okay. our listeners. Great. We've got Yoko slash linda slash relationships number two john's volatility number three the death of brian the manager mm-hmm. number four four paul not staying in his lane <laughs> number five george's bitterness number six drugs and that's it i mean i was just gonna say say drugs and the rock and roll lifestyle maybe was <laughs> to blame off the bat like we can start crossing out okay or if you just so have a we, gut feeling of what i just want to i just want to eliminate drugs in the rock and roll lifestyle i just don't think wow that that is to blame uh-huh for the breakup because i guess it just would have happened sooner if that was to blame i think there are other factors that are much stronger you know, I just think when people blame drugs, it's almost like John blaming the drugs for being abusive. Mm. It just, I just don't buy it. You got me good there. You got me good there. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to cross that out okay. once you said that. All right. The other one I'm really excited to cross off is Yoko. I think let's, let's take her off. I totally agree. Nobody like. She can't be that diabolical. And being in a relationship, lots of people have relationships that are artists that are in, in the music industry. It's like... So we're taking out Yoko, and I feel really good about that because I feel like it's Yoko's revenge. <laughs> this 
podcast will vindicate Yoko. Yes. She's I ho- not the one to blame. Yeah, send this straight to Yoko. Now, Paul not staying in his lane is a factor of maybe some fights that could have happened and maybe um, the White Album, you know, the tension during the White Album. Uh-huh. But you can't blame Paul. Mm-hmm. He was just trying his best. Sure. He's not, he doesn't have the financial mind that maybe Brian had. Right. So maybe we're expecting too much from Paul. So, so you think Paul, like, I agree. I think Paul, you can't blame the guy for trying. His intentions were in the right place. And the other guys in the band, like, if they had issues with Paul and his being the manager, like, maybe they needed to speak up a little louder. Like, he's just trying to fill the void. 100. So let's take Paul out. Um, Now we have George's bitterness. Now, (laughs) to me, that's more to blame than Paul because Mm -hmm. bitterness sticks around and it's ugly. That's true. Now, we're assuming he was bitter. Mm -hmm. So that's my only, (laughs) you know, Right. We don't know for sure that he was bitter, but we assume he was because none of his songs were on the earlier albums. They only started to creep in as the band... Yeah, but if George had never tried to be a songwriter, then maybe the group would have still been together. Nah, I just don't (laughs) buy it. (laughs) I tried to make the argument, you know? Yes, and you heard yourself and you just didn't believe it. Yeah, I just didn't believe it. So we can cross George off. He stayed there long enough. Now, all we have left is John's volatility and the death of Brian, the manager. I must say. Yes. I think that it's a two-three combo. I think it's both of those things. I think that if John being volatile was, it was fine. It was sustainable. Why? Because Brian, the manager was around. Yeah. But if John wasn't volatile, right, then everything would have been great. But then would the Beatles have been the Beatles? Beatles, exactly. <sighs> I think it's, you're right. I wanted to be, I wanted you but, to be so wrong. But I wanted wait to go against it. But wait a minute. I want to be clear. We're not condoning oh, that's right. volatility and violence. That that should not be okay. It's just not okay. So, And it shouldn't need a manager. Yes. Oh, my God. So, Cross out the death of Brian and no. just blame John's, John and his volatility. It's just John and his volatility. I'm sorry, but that's not okay. John has a problem. <laughs> He's violent. <laughs> no, but really... <laughs> And that's the reason why the Beatles broke up. Honestly, I've never felt more satisfied. (laughs) Okay, so we've settled it. John Lennon and his volatility are going to the alarmist jail. (laughs) She made a hand gesture. (laughs) Which will be a sound effect. Yeah, you hear the... (laughs) <laughs> the bar is yeah, closing. Rebecca commands all the sound effects like an orchestra leader. <laughs> That's how podcasts work. Yes. Okay, everybody. So when you're listening to the podcast and you hear sound effects, also you can picture Rebecca standing up with a little orchestra You're welcome. Pencil. Um, um, so thank you so much for helping us figure out who's to blame for the Beatles breakup. And... Uh, you know, thank you, listeners, for going on this journey with us. I want just want to thank you so much, Rebecca, for uh, inviting being me on the wife. podcast and being a wonderful wife. Uh-huh. And, You're welcome. Uh huh. I'm so proud of you, and I love you. Oh, that's sweet. We can we can cut that out though, right? <laughs> no, we'll keep that one in. Okay. <laughs> 
After the breakup of the Beatles, rock and roll continued. No legislation was passed to force bands that are really, really good to stay together. All of the four Beatles had successful solo careers. Ringo even delved into acting. The two of the Beatles that are still alive were made sirs by the Queen of England. Knights. <laughs> no, they were, they were sirs. Yeah, but that's what knighting is. You get no, I looked sir. it up. <laughs> no, but you don't call it a sir. No, it's a sir. You could be called a dane. You're just told that you're a sir or a dane. It's being knighted, though. That's the term they use. It's not being I, I, I will agree to disagree. Vote for who you think is to blame at thealarmistpodcast.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, hesitations, we're thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for a very sad and explosive tragedy, the Hindenburg. Now I know what you're thinking. Helium? Maybe? Maybe not. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.